you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The Around the NFL Podcast. Murder, she wrote. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Whenever we can weave Angela Lansbury's legacy into our podcast, we, we must do that. <laughs> we, obviously, funny, funny enough, it's the 14th time we've had a, a Lansbury mention in that open. People don't know. It's like an Easter egg on a DVD. Um, how's everybody doing? You haven't done a show since Sunday. I'm doing great. Any show that can start off, uh, like you said, with an homage to former Giants kicker Pat Summerall. Mm. Wow, is Greg is already flashing his trivia knowledge because today is the big day, and <laughs> big there are day. there are nerves in the room right now. I can tell you, Greg's been a little a little tight downstairs. I've noticed because it is his first Buster Douglas defense of his title. It is. Win Greg Toaster. Has a nice ring to it. No, no it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, the only nerve, outrage. The only nerves are from Wesseling having to watch this go on today and just know that he's going to have to be in the room to watch someone else taking his crown, enjoying it. It's great. It's a win-win proposition for me today. Either I win and I continue the reign, or I lose <laughs> and end this stupid game, and either way, I'll still be 1-0 versus West. All I do is win. I, I feel like... Uh, You're right, Greg. It's like a country music song. I came home to find someone else's car in my wife's garage. <laughs> I <laughs> Toaster in another man's I, drawer. I yeah, kinda, I know. I feel like Don King a little bit where I see what the event I have right now and I'm promoting it and I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it and, and the financial windfall that could come from it. But I'm, I'm thinking ahead and I'm thinking how Titanic Rosenthal v. Wessling, the rematch would be down the line. I'm thinking in February, <laughs> so I'm actively going to be rooting for Greg. But at the same time, uh, coming up with the questions, which I did along with Mark, 
and West today. There's no way I, that I, I fudged it or we fudged it at all. This is going to be a fair competition, and our two callers that on listeners that are going to take on Greg are going to have an equal shot. They're going to, it's going to be a fair shot to take the toaster from Which Greg. Which probably explain to most of the people what this is. Yeah, it's a it's a, ga- a trivia game of of valor and skill in which uh, each contestant gets a chance to answer six trivia questions. We've been doing it for over a year now, and Wes was the champion. The it was trivia. your toaster. It was my toaster. And it's not just any toaster. It's a special show. We can get into all this a little later, sure. I don't think. But in general, it's a, it's a, a trivia competition. Wes was the champ. Greg stole from him in an upset a few months back in a big trivia showdown. And now this is Greg's first chance to defend his trivia title against some uh, listeners who have contacted at Producer TD. A little, a little curious, though, that Chris Wesley, who's known me now for, what, six, seven years, knows – what I know, what I don't know, was somehow allowed to come up with the questions for this competition. Well, no, no more curious than the fact that the titleist, you, is someone who not so secretly wants to deep six the segment <laughs> and has a chance to end this thing just by getting a few questions wrong. And, so. I'll, and I'll just add, tangibly related, does anybody ever really know anyone? That's a very fair point. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get to Thank that. Thank you, Carol d- King. <laughs> is it a king? Anyway, we'll get to uh, we'll get to win Greg's toaster at the end of the show, uh, so make sure you listen all the way through. Before that, and no fast forwarding, no cheating. Uh, I don't know if there's a high end of the listenership that would say I can't even wait. I need to get to the trivia toaster game. But you probably, if you want to do that, probably fast forward about 30 minutes and then cycle back and go through the news, which we're going to do, and also our Thursday night preview of uh, the Cleveland Bengals game. So let's start with the news and to. To do the news, the first thing you've got to do is check in with the great man behind the glass. He is Ty Dye. What's going on, guys? And Dave, uh, Dan, sorry. Yes. Wow. Oh, you know, we have, <laughs> you have uh, wasted you no too? time to sink to a new low. <laughs> <laughs> now, to answer your existential question, though, yeah. I think everybody knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody, right? That's the way to do it. Mm, you know? My head hurts. Yeah, mm, but, you know, a little thereabouts. Bit. But uh, fun show today, guys. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, and by, by the way, behind you, behind the glass, is the great Corey Corey Van, yep. Corey Van, who has done an amazing job on our videos, NFL Now videos, for the past few months. The guy is – it's almost like uh, when you watch these videos, when we're talking about things, he cuts to them before the first syllable of whatever player we're referencing is out of our mouth, which means that he cares about what he's doing. And it's that's very good. evident. It's great. You can, you can catch these videos at the top of a lot of our articles and whatnot, and you're also going to be able to find them on NFL Now soon – with the Around the NFL folder on NFL Now coming to a platform near you. Let me just cycle away from Greg's plug, though, and go back to Corey (laughs) and just say, Corey, thank you for uh, all that you've done. All right. All right. So now let's do some news. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. One thing obviously Dan forgot to mention was this game is also to the death, you know. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Serious. I, I remember before the last season of Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, they had billboards all across L.A. that said "All men all must, men die. must die. die." Yeah. And uh, it seems a little bleak on some level, you know. To get back to what we we're talking about, does anybody know anybody? Are we all going to die? No and yes are the answers. Does our producer know the name of our host? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's start. <laughs> all right. Let's start with uh, some quarterback heat. And some benchings in the NFL. We'll start in Houston where 
Bill O'Brien has decided that Ryan Mallett is going to be his next starting quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not able to hold on to the job for the four and five Texans. Uh, Mallett, of course, acquired for almost nothing from the Patriots uh, right uh, at the end of the summer. And now he steps into a starting role to try to, I guess, jumpstart an offense that under Fitzpatrick, even with Arian Foster having a near career season, was unable to make things happen. It's a concession that at four and five, they're out of the AFC the mm. AFC wildcard picture with so many teams at five and three or six and three. And what and what was Bill O'Brien expecting when he signed up for Ryan Fitzpatrick? And he goes, I think Fitzpatrick's given us exactly. I think he was a little better than what he, maybe even we maybe expected. a little bit better, but it was certainly implode too much. You I knew think he was going to be. I think he expected him at the time they signed him to be a backup. I don't think they expected they Ryan were going to draft someone. They were going to draft someone, right. and that didn't work out, or they decided that it wasn't worth the top pick, and you know they ended up taking some mysterious corporeal entity, Tom Savage, in the fourth round. You can't really <laughs> play him, so why not? I don't think it's them giving up, though. I mean, it's just them recognizing Fitzpatrick hasn't played well lately. The last two games, he's really struggled. Well, I think, yeah. To me, this is this makes my life better. I don't have to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick on Game Rewind every week, which. <laughs> improves things immeasurably. But why do we think Mallet will be any better? I I advocated that the Titans should be going with Locker instead of Mettenberger, but I think this situation is different. Mettenberger isn't ready, in my opinion, to be an NFL starter, and the Titans have three years to figure out if he can be ready at some point. The the Texans have to make a decision on Mallet this offseason because he's going he's going to be a free agent, so why not give yourselves seven, eight games to figure out what he can do because he's only had nine NFL passes. And I can't think of a quarterback that has more intrigue surrounding him for less of a good reason than Ryan Mallett. <laughs> well, he, he's never impressed in the preseason. That's the thing. If you watch him in the preseason, he looked like a guy who was not comfortable in the pocket when pressure was around him. He was not particularly accurate. He was often out of sync with the Patriots. Like He, he played significantly worse than Brian Hoyer used to during his chances in the preseason or than Jimmy Garoppolo did uh, this preseason. Well, I think guys that we respect, Mike Mayock has said this guy is an NFL starting quarterback. Gerald McCoy, the Bucks all-pro defensive tackle, came on the Dave Damashek program last February and said, this guy's special. I've squared off against him in practice a, m- a number of times, and McCoy couldn't have raved any more about him. And you can't call him dumb. He says no. today, my football IQ is a lot higher than people think it is. If you think I'm a dumb player, fine. My advantage there. Nice All right. Ryan. Foxy Ryan. Yeah, we'll see. A little sassy. I'm just happy for Andre Johnson, who sounded like a guy who's just about to go into Sessler's wilderness after uh, before he left for his bye week. They asked what he was going to do. He was very down. Very a lot of answers where it was clear that it, maybe he was about to give up on any hopes of ever being a relevant uh, player on a team again. And he said, "I just need to go to an island or something." In <laughs> reference to his bye week plans. So maybe Ryan Mallett changes things a little bit. I don't know. Who knows? Rap sheet said uh, AJ, big Ryan Mallett fan. That big arm. Well, we'll see when I he call sails AJ. 14 <laughs> passes over his head. Next Unbelievably week. overrated, I am even looking, on this podcast. I really am looking forward to the post-loss Ryan Mallett press conferences. I think he might have be a little looser with the media than any other starting quarterback. That will end well. Uh, another benching this time. It is Mike Glennon, the NFL's greatest dancer, is no longer going to be a starter. Josh McCown has taken the job back. Uh, this was the decision that was made after Glennon, I guess, was he announced it himself, actually, on his 
radio show, Mike Lanton radio show. How about that? That must be no, a great metrics, as well. You know, on-air metrics, <laughs> uh, tornado. So McCown, who, uh, just a little history, was signed to a pretty nice contract before the season started, uh, got hurt, and then maybe it looked like they were going to go with Glennon, but Glennon wasn't able to hold on to the job. So McCown, back in the big chair. This bizarrely had a lot of people on defend had a lot of people on Twitter who never watched Mike Glennon play defending Mike Glennon. There are a lot of Mike Glennon fans out there and I don't believe you can be a Mike Glennon fan if you've been watching him play. I I disagree. I defend him. I'm a, I don't know if I'm a fan, uh but I can see why people would be upset about this. First of all, you just look at the numbers. Ten touchdowns, six interceptions, seven yards per attempt. What's his completion percentage? With, with that offense around him, uh, 57. Yeah, that's brutal. Right, but it's a vertical offense. He's He had a lot of good moments this season. Even in that Browns game where he had two awful interceptions in the first half, he played pretty well in the second half. I mean, I can see why you like him better than Josh McCown is all I'm saying. Well, I, I think can't there's, see that. And, and, it, and this brings McCown back into the mix, which isn't, which isn't an answer for the Bucks either. It's basically you want to talk about a team that's decided they can't win a division. They're going to flip flop between these guys for How the rest of the year. How many years did they sign him for? Was it two? Yes. So maybe they will think he's the answer if he finishes strong here for next. That's season. what I'm guessing. This is a team that was the biggest seller at the deadline, a tacit acknowledgement that the season is over. Yet they're turning back to the veteran. That tells me that they don't think Mike Glennon is their quarterback for 2015. Well, one thing, though, this is an offense that spent all offseason with Ted Tedford keeping wraps on whatever the scheme was supposed to be. He's completely out of the mix. They've handed it over to, what, Marcus Arroyo? Right. Right? And so from the beginning, this isn't a well-organized game. They don't have a week-to-week real mind behind this scheme. Well, I I think the coordinator is a big part of the problem there. It's a totally inexperienced team without an offensive coordinator. I mean, if you look back at that game, for instance, it was second and one late in the game, Bucks driving to try to win it. The Browns just let – they basically made the decision, Tampa, you can take the first down if you want. We're only going to put three or four guys on the line of scrimmage, everyone else back, and they refused to run. Three straight passes by Glennon, game over. I mean, it was one of the worst jobs of coaching I saw all year. I mean, the bright spot is McCown. I think he can do good work with Evans, who at this point is up to speed, looks like a great wide receiver. And if Vincent Jackson can keep it going on the other side. you I mean, that's what worked for him in Chicago last year, but it's not the same situation. I'm not giving up on McCown. I know you guys have had a good laugh at my expense. I was just about <laughs> to say. No, wait, I'm let not me, giving up on him me, at all. Let he me got- say, this has been a good week for Wes because his Steelers all of a sudden look like they uh, a team that we could get behind. And now he's got his old number 25 on our Making the Leap Countdown. Josh McCown gets another shot to redeem himself. Chris Wessling. <laughs> Shoot, boy. <laughs> Bucky Brooks. What, did he get two games? Got two it. games before everyone turned on him, and he had two of the ugliest interceptions anybody's ever seen, which make highlight reels and get into the public consciousness instead of watching the whole game. I think Josh McCown's a much better quarterback than Mike Glennon. Marcus Lattimore, it is over for the San Francisco uh 49ers running back. Of course, he was trying to come back from those terrible knee injuries at South Carolina. It's not going to happen. He announced on Wednesday that he will retire. The Niners announced it on on his behalf. And then he came out and said, after prayer and careful consideration, I've decided it's time to end my professional football career. Rap Sheet reported uh, earlier in the week that after he returned to practice, and this was part of basically a two-year comeback attempt, he had some soreness in the surgically repaired knees and legs. And I guess it, it was decided that he just is never going to be able to get back to the guy he was before he wrecked his knees. You know, before it was last show that we talked about how so many players at, in this era seem to come back from knee injuries without 
really much trouble, much faster than the average person, and then they suddenly thrive and have these great seasons. Well, here's the other side of the coin, that that's just not always Well, he possible. was a little different, though. Also. A lot different. I mean, it is that different. was uh, – you could argue, and this is not a fun argument to have, but the worst, most gruesome knee injuries in the history of – professional sports, that was right up right. there, what happened in South Carolina. Well, it's not a knock on him. It's just that oh, it's yeah. not always a home run to come right. back from these. But he, he worked his I butt think off. If you would have told someone two years ago when that injury happened, oh, he's going to try to make a comeback and it's never going to happen, they're going to be like, obviously, I saw what happened on the field that day. So credit to him because he, he made every effort. And credit to the Niners as well who, who drafted him in the fourth round. I guess from a personnel standpoint, it was a failure. But, uh, you know, they gave him the opportunity. They even paid him money that they de- didn't necessarily owe him to so I guess he gets about 800 grand out of this whole thing to move forward with his life but kind of a sad story because when he was 17 or whatever before he hurt his knees he was thought of as the best prospect in the nation yeah yeah we've heard a lot of best prospects since Adrian Peterson this guy's a freshman at South Carolina was was really that guy I thought he was the best prospect in 10 years and then shredded his knee twice in gruesome fashion and he was a little reflective in his statement today. He said he was sincerely disappointed about having to give up his career. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's a, it's a shame. It He's going back to school. You know, Rap Sheet mentioned the, the financial part of it, which is that he did have an insurance policy on it, which is, you know, you're happy for. But it's more just a reminder. All these players are always kind of one play away. And it doesn't happen as much anymore, it seems. But this is a big-time one that it did. Nick Foles, we know, is not uh, going to be playing for the next couple of months with that uh, fractured collarbone, but there is a report out there that Foles' future in Philadelphia is in doubt, uh, citing people with knowledge of the Eagles' plans. NJ.com's Mark Eckel reported that uh, Foles' future was already in doubt before that injury, and this was a quote uh, from a league source to NJ.com. I think Howie Roseman, their general manager, is looking at quarterbacks. He's kind of soured on Foles, and I don't think he's alone. The organization isn't sold that he's the guy going forward. Is it possible Mark Sanchez, who was at the bottom of the pile in the NFL, the bottom of the heap, is six weeks away away if he plays well to potentially being the starting quarterback of a Chip Kelly offense for the Eagles going forward? Well, why not? Because on this show we've already anointed Ryan Mallett and Josh McCown. So why not Mark Sanchez while we're at it for the hat trick? What have we anointed? I'm just saying, I mean, these are quarterbacks that let's give them a little more time on the field, and I think we'll find will, out what they really are I will are say at this. this as much has as anybody said differently? I'm rooting for Mark Sanchez as a Jets fan because I, I feel bad the way things ended, even though he earned his ticket out of town also based on his play. But I'm also a little apprehensive. There's a lot of stuff out there this week that uh, Sanchez is now all of a sudden going to – click into this offense and it's going to be a huge uh, career revitalization. There was a lot of bad football on tape with the Jets and uh, he spoke to the media today. We did a post on it and he said, uh, you know, I'm a better version of me now. And he cited an example of JJ Watt screaming at him in a game on Sunday where instead of trying to make a play happen and force a throw, he dropped to the ground and he said, that's an example of me maybe growing up a little bit as a quarterback. I wish the best of luck to him, but I would just say I would caution people that, dropped $80 on an auction league in fantasy to get Mark Sanchez or people who think that Foles is going to be inferior to Sanchez. There's still a lot of football to be played here. Yeah, I think this report is much more about Foles, and it's fascinating, but not surprising in the least. Right. Watching Foles this year, I don't see how that team would have – it would have been much more surprising to me if they went into the offseason thinking, 
we're not getting competition for Foles, that we're not going to either bring in a veteran or draft a quarterback, more likely draft a quarterback to try to develop in Kelly's system. And Sanchez kind of gets the chance, if he plays really well, to step ahead of Foles and the, hey, I'm the guy that do- that's okay for now sweepstakes in, in a perfect system to have that kind of an audition. I mean, I look back when Philadelphia on draft day, sitting at number 22, because they were at that point enamored with Foles to, to such a degree, traded away that pick to Cleveland to take Manziel, who I think would have been a good fit in this offense. It's interesting that uh, even Ray Farmer was asked this week if anyone called about a trade for Manziel, and he hedged. He wouldn't say, but he just said, it's interesting what you reporters hear. And you can look at it in a different way. This actually helps the Eagles. If Foles plays out the rest of the year and builds all these great counting numbers in Chip Kelly's system, mm. he's entering a contract year in 2015 – it would be hard to bench him, and it would also be hard to go against public opinion and reject a, con- a huge contract. Right, right. How about the confidence, though, in Sanchez to go out there, throws a bomb first play, throws a beautiful touch pass for a touchdown later. He had a few misfires in the game, uh, but overall took a lot of checkdowns, kind of let the system do the work for us. He had a nice first game, had a running first down that there's no way Foles would have, I think, They'll, they'll use him on the run a little more. I think he'll do you well. You could argue he's getting his first fine offensive coaching of his career. Not even an argument. <laughs> Unless you're a Schottenheimer guy, Brian yeah. Schottenheimer guy. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, he, he landed in a good spot. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to Thursday night football. The Thursday night football matchup is between the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Mark, a big game for the Browns who come out of that soft stretch of the schedule. They did a nice job getting to five and three, but now here's a real challenge on the road uh, with uh, the AFC North is so packed tight. You don't want to fall behind or fall closer to 500. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you as the Browns in how, where do you, uh, how confident are you in the Browns showing up and being competitive in this game against the Bengals team that hasn't been playing that great of late? Yeah, but they are still, the Bengals are still one of the toughest teams to beat at home. And there's a, I, we downstairs, they came by and asked, who are you picking? And we all picked Cincinnati. Well, I switched my pick to Cleveland Ooh. behind the scenes. But that is not – Sizzler. That's just based on more hope than it is raw facts and, you know, computer analysis because <laughs> this doesn't match up well for Cleveland because I think you'll see what Jeremy Hill did last week. I think they might have a better lead back in Jeremy Hill than in Giovanni oh, Bernard. Oh, stop. I, you, can't, you can't make the case, oh, they're better off with Giovanni Bernard out for this game. He's doubtful. Not out, official. but I think that they've found a, maybe a role that fits Hill better than Hill looked had. great last week. Yeah. He looks fine. I, when I watch him, I think it's a great system for a back to be in. They have a good offensive line. He's a kind of a power running back. I don't think we're ever going to be telling our kids about watching Jeremy Hill play or, or the five or six Pro Bowls he goes to. Well, he I'm going to go home tonight and tell my kids about Jeremy Hill. Make like sure that? you cut that quote uh, by Rosenthal. We'll play it at Jeremy Hill's Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are playing. Here's the thing. No matter who you put back there, you could put Dan and Wes back there. You, right. And you're what? playing. I mean, you guys would be fine. I'm just saying you guys uh, okay. had the look of NFL, NFL-type right. running backs. Like, like, they're playing the, the, the worst run defense <laughs> the, in the league. The Matt Asiata. Really, it yeah. would be your Only comp. we would be the uh, the Matt Asiata weeks without three touchdowns. Um, <laughs> That's fair. All right, here's the one, here's the X factor to me. AJ Green, who played about fifty percent of the snaps last week in his return, you know they're going to bump that up. And I've been uh, high, and I know we all are on Mohamed Sanu, what he's been doing the last uh, few weeks with Green out. Now you're going to have a healthy AJ Green, a, a Sanu. Uh, I know Andy Dalton is not a popular figure around here, but I think that they're going to be able to move the ball 
against the Browns defense that doesn't really scare anybody. I think that's very fair. What are you yes. giggling about? You giggling about Dad can never mention Andy Dalton without saying he's not popular <laughs> amongst the other I, people in the room. I have yeah. become the defender of Andy Dalton on a yeah. You don't defend level. him at all. You yeah. just say that we don't like him. I'm Dan, saying but Dan, when, when, plays when he case. turns on the game and, and there's like a 30-yard pass in the red zone, he loves watching passes go out of bounds. Like that's his, <laughs> that's his type of guy. He wants to get behind him. You're right. I don't. Every quarterback looks pretty good against this Browns defense right now. Yes. What do you do. think about them? What the defense? Sure. I think actually the pass defense has gotten a little bit tighter in the last couple of weeks, and they are generating turnovers. They have eight turnovers in the last three games. So if you they don't do anything with that, that's the problem. But Andy Dalton has fewer touchdowns and more interceptions than Brian Hoyer. He hasn't been mm. tearing it up. They're a run-focused offense. Mm. I I read Mark's high octane preview for this game so i know that the browns have a streak here against afc north opponents on the road how many games 17 i believe they lost on the road in a row row. this is the season though mark we talked about this on sunday where if they could put together some wins and have a nice season all these awful streaks that they've been building what was the one they broke earlier this season there was there was some hideous haven't had a winning season since 1948 or something i don't know oh the ben roethlisberger (laughs) right that's that's not true uh so maybe if they this is maybe they're overdue to break some of these ridiculous, awful streaks. Seventeen straight road games lost. And speaking of Mark Sessler's high octane piece, uh, he references that Andy Dalton had a three and record with a passer rating of a hundred against the Browns at home. And then uh, he met, Mark mentions twenty two point eight points higher than Dalton's work, quote, by the shores of Lake Erie. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'd used the word Cleveland like 12 times. That's good writing. It's a good. I love it. <laughs> there may be uh, probably half the people reading have no idea where Lake Erie is. That's an issue. But who would you rather have start a game? I'll throw this to the non-Browns fan. Who would you rather have start a game, Hoyer or Dalton, this week? You know my Hoyer. answer because Dalton's my boy. Okay, Dalton. You would. Well, that's, I feel like Hoyer. That's a trick question to Wes, though. Yeah, well, he's not a well, big Well, I do guy. have this major I fault Hoyer about myself p- that I like good quarterbacks. It's like no. it's asking Wes, how would you rather die, drowning or poison? <laughs> no, I prefer good quarterbacks over bad quarterbacks, so I usually tend to defend the good one. He, uh, Hoyer is very erratic. He's very hard to trust, but Shanahan does seem to dial up, and he did last week against Tampa a couple good plays. I'm more concerned that they haven't been able to run at all. So to ask Hoyer to carry an offense – where Taylor Gabriel and Miles Austin are your top two receivers. Jordan Cameron's out again. With no running game, seems virtually impossible. I mean, that's why I took the Bengals. Even though I don't, yeah. I think they're two mediocre teams, two teams that'll finish close to eight and eight, both of them. But I'll take the Bengals because of that. One puncture wound, by the way, in your argument that you like to defend good quarterbacks. Like a couple minutes back on the podcast, you were you were talking about Josh McCown as your boy. So well, I'm defending <laughs> I'm defending him in comparison to Mike Glennon. Josh McCown. Or Andy Dalton for you. That's close. I'm going Dalton. You gotta, Probably Dalton. Yeah, I mean, you, you, have gotta to, go Dalton. you have to factor in the first 13 years of Josh McCown's career or whatever it was when he was on six different teams. That, sure you that do. Counts I mean, what percentage something. of yeah, – that's the problem with all these things. <laughs> to me, the most recent game film gets the most factoring. Yeah. But yeah, you can't ignore the first 13 years. That's fair. All right, so that's that's a game we – the three of us had the Bengals – Sessler is going with his brownies on Thursday night on an off night for Mark. Who knows where he'll be? See Ooh. what happens in an AFC North showdown. All right, guys. We got everything out of the way that we had to get out of the way because this is <laughs> yeah, <that was> funny. <laughs> this is what it's all about right now. This is the return or the debut, I should say, of Win, Win Greg Coaster. Ow! 
Got my hands in the air. That's Go just for a it. Nice, it is a nice Wave sound. Like it. You do we have care. Do Let's we have any uh, crowd noise or anything on the soundboard that we can, like you know, show uh, fake excitement by the the masses? By the masses. <laughs> That's yeah. a request from your uh, host. Applause. Dave. We should explain the toaster what it is. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it a little bit. So one day, uh, in the NFL.com newsroom, I saw a toaster, a NFL endorsed product, a toaster that allowed you to stamp a. Teams uh, in the toaster machine, you could put a team's logo onto the piece of toast. So I stole that from the person. I don't know if it was something. I thought it was maybe just a desk that had stuff on it, and I grabbed it. It could have been someone's personal property. I don't know. Let's move forward from that. So anyway, (laughs) once we had the toaster, it, it went towards, okay, let's do a trivia game for the podcast against Greg's wishes. And we made the toaster. Really, the the you know the holy grail, the holy grail of the game. So Wes and the whole idea was, if you lose the toaster, game's over. It's over. It's over. And Wes, because he is the mailman, uh, was he was set up as the man that would never be defeated. And for a while, he wasn't. Uh, Wes won several games over the course of about eighteen months. And then in one of the big upsets, think Tyson, Buster Douglas in Tokyo, nineteen ninety, Rosenthal took him down. A few months back, took the toaster. Greg, who is kind of like a heel when it comes to the game, he's the Iron Sheik of the game. He wants the toaster game to go away. But also, I've said Greg keeps on teasing that he might throw this game that we're about to have. Too much pride on Greg's end. He well, won't let the, it happen. That is the ego, natural conflict. Ego then. carries the day, and that's why the game will survive if Greg is up to the task of beating who we have on the other line. Look, I'm competitive in a lot of things, but I've enjoyed my run. This is greater than I ever could have imagined. I've traveled the world. Been on the Today Show. So many women, so much money. Just <laughs> buffet, buffets of food everywhere I go. Your that, rehab stint at Promises. It's more than I could have asked for. So anything from now on is great. <laughs> yeah. So TD, now, and now we throw it to TD, who is a rookie here as well. The gold standard, our former producer, did such a great job screening, taking people into his chamber. Uh, and now TD took over. TD, how confident are you in the two people that will be taking Greg on today? I would say about 50-50. I'm well, confident I, I like honesty. One of them that. is a known tomato can. Ooh. Already been vanquished by me. We will get to him, yes. There, But I thought the guy that's coming back, we do have a repeat player. Uh, first of all, he's a Jets fan, so I like him. Second of all, he did put up a, a good battle against Wes, if I recall. I don't remember anything anymore. But possibly. <laughs> he did, but accurate. in the vernacular of Greg, anyone who ever lost at this game is a tomato can. That's true. That's true. There, so, were, there was a day where you won 6-0 and 6-1. Well, is there was the fact? guy who was stoned in Canada or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, and then, Greg, it got to the point where you were calling people tomato cans and it was a 6-4. So you took it a little too far the other way then. Look. <laughs> that's in the <laughs> past. Let's beat them all. That's in the you past. You faced me one time. I would won. <laughs> so – that's Here we fact. go. Why don't we get our first caller on the line, Mr. TD? Let's do it. Contestant number one. <laughs> Having already lost Win Wes's toaster, Bernard is back for another crack at it. A 21-year Jet season ticket holder. His favorite person on the show, therefore, is, of course, Dan Hanzoos. Nice. He loves the factory of sadness drop, and if he wins Greg's toaster, <laughs> he vows to return it to its rightful owner. Chris Wesley, despite Wes once giving him bad fantasy advice about Fred Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, look at that. TD, first of all, you have outdone yourself, sir. Uh, Extra cookies for you. And Bernard, (laughs) 
from Brooklyn. Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast. Big Dan, what's happening? What's up? Hey, Bernard, if you won the toaster, it doesn't give you the powers of God to just do whatever you want with it. <laughs> Don't it's not going back yes, to Wesley. Yes, it does. Yes, sure it does. You can do whatever he feels. It's his toaster hey, at that point. Listen, Greg, I told you, man. I, I mean, I lost to Wes before, but ex-mailmen stick together just like Jet fans stick together. There you go. Well, that, that's what I'm talking about. Well, that's a couple of winning organizations right there. <laughs> you got it, bro. <laughs> I cannot tell you how hard... I'm rooting for the mailman right now, uh, both mailmen in general. But uh, Love it. Bernard, you know the rules. You're going to get six questions. Uh, Mark Cecil will do the countdown. It'll be 60-second clock. Uh, then Greg will get the same questions. And then if you get more, you win. If you get the same amount, the tiebreaker is the clock. Who answered them quick, more quickly? Uh, so those are the rules. You all uh, square and ready to go? Dan, in the words of the who, I won't be fooled again. This oh. time I emerge victorious. Very good. All right. <laughs> all right. So, all right, a couple things. Greg, be gone. You must go to the soundproof uh, behind the glass. Look at the nerves on Greg. You can see it. He's lost the color from his <laughs> Looks face. a little pale. Yeah. Bernard and, has come to do battle. And, Mark, how That's are you right. doing? The the time clock thing it seems to be something that brings you a little bit of uh, consternation Yeah, I, well. I don't think – I think I'm the one on the hot seat here, not Greg. <laughs> Yeah, you I'll are, press start and we'll see how it goes. Right, I I believe in you, and it's one of the career highlights for you. I would think is that you are the official timekeeper of Win. Top of the resume that I'm crafting. Should be on your Twitter bro- profile. All right, so uh, here we go. When I start the question, uh, that's when you start the clock. Clock mark and Bernard. Best of luck to you, buddy. Thank you, Dan. Who is the Pro Bowl cornerback? Then Panthers wideout Steve Smith was referring to last season when he said, "Ice up, son." Uh, I believe he was referring to the New England cornerback at the time. Um, gosh. Uh, oh, God. Pass, pass. Who was the Bengals All-Pro nose, nose tackle who suffered a broken leg in the first quarter of Super Bowl twenty-three against the 49ers? Crumry. Dan Marino beat the Jets with his fake spike play in 1994. Who was the receiver who caught all four Marino touchdown throws that day? The Titans wideout Kevin Dyson was tackled one yard shy of the goal line in the last play of Super Bowl 34. Which Rams linebacker tackled him? Ogletree. Who leads the league in interceptions this season? Ten seconds. Cromartie. Name the two teams that played in the first Monday night football game in 1970. Jets, Cleveland Browns. Okay, stop the clock. You did have a pass, but you weren't going to get to it anyway. Uh, all right, so that is two correct for Bernard. Uh, two out of six. Those were tough questions. They were pretty tough. Bernard, uh, how did you feel about it? Were these a little tougher than the last time? Um, I'll tell you what. The, the whole thing is I know a lot about a little and a little about a lot, but anytime <laughs> you got the clock on you, man, it's tough. That's Just true. Door, Just ask Damashek. Who, when we bring him in here, he's played this game a couple times. He takes like 60 seconds to get one question out of his mouth, so or one answer out of his mouth. So it is not, especially with the pressure, with the big toaster on the line. I thought two is a serviceable number. I don't know if it's going to be enough. Let's bring in Greg Rosenthal. I thought Damashek did a fine job, by the way. And Bernard is right. This is a Greg is almost a rookie. He has one game of toaster under his belt. The time could be a factor with him as well. 
I did see. He's a, he's a hack, man. Ooh, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> Bunsen burner blowtorch by Bernard from Brooklyn. Uh, by the way, I saw Greg vomiting into a garbage can <laughs> uh, behind the glass. So it's ner- the nerves are to him. But sometimes when you kind of get that yak out, you feel a little better, and that's all you need. Can help. So let's go. Six more questions and fire. Who is the Pro Bowl cornerback then Panthers wideout Steve Smith was referring to last season when he said, ice up, son? Um, pass. Who is the Bengals all-pro nose tackle who suffered a broken leg in the first quarter of Super Bowl 23 against the Niners? Pass. Dan Marino beat the Jets with his fake spike play in 1994. Who is the receiver who caught all four Marino touchdown throws that day? Mark Clayton. Titans wideout Kevin Dyson was tackled one yard shy of the goal line on the last play of Super Bowl 34. Which Rams linebacker tackled it? Mike Smith. Who leads the league in interceptions this season? Uh, Tayshawn uh, Gibson the Browns. Name the two teams that played in the first Monday Night Football game in 1970. Ten seconds. I don't know. Pass. Stop the clock. Go back. Go, oh, back. go back. Who is the Pro Bowl cornerback then Panthers Akeem wideout? Akeem Talib. Correct. Who was the Bengals All-Pro nose tackle who suffered a broken leg in the first quarter of Super Bowl ah, 23? What was his name? Kevin. Time. I forget Time. his name. What was that guy's name? I guess I'll find out. Both got two. Mm. And the time ran out on both of them. I believe Bernard had one second left, though, didn't he? No. No, the time was out on mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to go to the tiebreaker question. Don't I just win the tie? He had many ties. But I always finished. No, we never, I never tied with... all of my minutes. Yeah, we've never mm. lost the tiebreaker before. Wow, we got a tiebreaker question. How do we even do this? Do we time that as well, maybe, no. and see who gets it quicker? I think perhaps I asked the question, and the first see who person gets it first. says it. All right. Bernard, are you on board with this? Okay. it's. Uh, first, I should have been quicker. I shouldn't have gone back to the answer wins. First person to blurt out the answer is the winner. Wow, the drama okay. is out of control right now. Here we go. What was... No, you don't need the music for this. Just too much drama for even music. So let's kill the music out. DeMarco Murray started the season with eight games of 100 rushing yards or more. Whose record did he break? Jim Brown. Oh, Jim. Jim Brown. Bernard is your winner. Bernard's got the toaster. Bernard's got the toaster. Bernard's got the toaster. The Giants win the Bennett. Yeah. Wow. Eat that, Greg. Eat that. <laughs> Nicely done, Bernard. Nicely you done. Too. You really were Buster Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Greg. It was a. You still. They can never take away what Greg did on that that special. Right, day I didn't know if the. Summer. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about the time. I wouldn't have gone back to the. You needed to go back though no, I got to you. get the tie. If you didn't yeah. know, you would have lost two one. Because Bernard got two. I'll go over the answers real quick. Akib Talib was the Ice Up Sun guy. Uh, uh, Tim Crumry was mm. the Bengals All-Pro nose tackle, who suffered the broken leg. You both got this wrong. Again, Bernard, you got a Jets question wrong, but this was kind of one you want to block Mike out Jones? potentially. The, uh, Mark Ingram was the Dolphins co- uh, wide receiver that had all four touchdown passes in the fake spike night. Ah. Uh, I was at the game. It was grim. Uh, Kevin Dyson was tackled by Mike Jones. Uh, Tayshaun, that was so stupid. Yeah. That was the only one I regret. Tayshawn Gibson, Mark, Greg got that one right. Uh, that is the league leader in interceptions right now. He's two ahead of the field, I believe, Mark, with six. Correct. And uh, yes. And but I got Tim Crumry. Yes, you did. 
And you got the Jets and Browns played the first Monday Night Football game uh, in 1970. Uh, Interesting ni- choice there for a, a question. For a, nice win, <laughs> a, a nice win for uh, the Browns in that game over Joe Namath. So, Bernard, you are the winner. Did you just fall off your chair? You were so excited? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> All right. Good, the game's over. And here's the good news. Yeah, the we're, game's we're over. We're definitely going to send something to Bernard, but he already said the toaster's no, going to West. No, we're sending him the toaster. That's then what we're doing. Send it to Greg, my house. We're Greg, s- when I spoke to TD, I, you know, I've been listening to the show, and I'm a fan of all you guys in all seriousness, but this game ain't right if it ain't win West toaster. So I would like to bequeath it back to him in exchange for another prize that you if, guys would send. If Wes me. would actually accept that when he's lost the last <laughs> time he ever played, then by all means, it just shows this game's a bigger sham than I ever thought. Wes? Bernard, you are an uber mensch. <laughs> what a noble move by Bernard. I can't Absolutely. believe I said Mike Smith instead of Mike Jones. That was the only That's how job. toasters get lost. All right, Bernard. So congratulations. We'll get your info, and we'll, we'll make sure we get something to you special and nice. And congratulations. Thanks, Dan. You got it. Um, uh, Dan, listen, uh, yes. should I jump out of the upper deck Sunday against Pittsburgh or should <laughs> I, I just stay alive? I believe you would suffer suffer mortal <laughs> injuries, so do not do that. Uh, maybe do something metaphorical but not physical like that. Got you, big boy. All right, later. <laughs> You're the man, Bernard. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so, uh, you know, that is – How's uh, that for tomato cans, baby? Wow. They got two right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it wasn't exactly a dominant win, but sometimes that's all it takes. Uh, in win I like that you were making up the tiebreak rules as it was going. <laughs> I should say Monday. The yeah. kind of well, the, no Monday kind of morning thing. quarterbacks will look back and say as soon as Greg got that second Akib Talib answer, stop the clock, end it. He would of have course, won. of course. Yeah, but he didn't. He uh, he didn't know that he didn't know the comprehensive the rule book. And then Greg, that's on you as the champion to know the full breadth and scope and you, of and the game. And you can't say it was operates. unfair. The tiebreaker question. It was equal. Both had a shot at it, and he just we might what, have, whatever's going to limit anyone's interest in this game, the better. <laughs> we and, might have. And no one was really calling well for it. Greg. Greg, this is not sitting well with Greg. Can I we just might say, have to send it to Billick and Mayock for some analysis on the last few seconds of that game. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'm sad about that we never got to contestant number two because he had a pretty fun intro too. So can I play that intro? Sure. Contestant number two. Nathan is an employee <laughs> at the College Football Hall of Fame and worked for the Buccaneers during training Whoa. camp last summer. As a Packers fan, he witnessed Brett Favre's final victory for the franchise, and his favorite person on the show is Greg Rosenthal. If he wins the toaster, he plans to make his lady breakfast in bed with the team of her choosing. (laughs) Wow. That could have been your best friend, Greg. One lucky lady. Maybe uh, the next time we play the game, it will be... He'll that he'll be the first up, I would think. That would only be fair. He's going to have a disappointed lady friend. How are we going to do it with... Um, our winner and him, because it's his toast. He can't just he bequeathed it to Wes. It's back to my toaster. Back to Wes and Bernard said. I give know me, that doesn't sit well. With it's not really gift. that it doesn't sit well. It doesn't make any sense. He's the champion. I think Wes has to beat Bernard. It's win Bernard's toaster. Bernard it... retired on top. Wes... And as the number one contender, right. the toaster goes to me. Oh, how many number one contenders are on a losing streak? <laughs> well, this was like a presidential pardon. <laughs> Wes has been pardoned. The toaster is back in his control. And by the way, in under these rules, Wes, I'm sure, would be open to giving uh, anybody. He takes on all challengers, including you, Greg, if you want another Absolutely. shot to get it back. I don't know. I'll take my chances. And since when is one game a streak? 
<laughs> well, that is that is uh, the addition of Win Greg's Toaster, which briefly became Win Bernard's Toaster, which is now segged quickly to back to Win Wes's Toaster. This feels like Belichick's reign with the Jets as head coach. I, I know my head is dizzy. Wow. Well, that's it for uh, woo, Wednesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We'll be back. R- quick turnaround. We'll be doing a show on Thursday night where we preview all of the Thursday night games, and of course, uh, we recap the big AFC North showdown uh, between Sessler's Browns and the Bengals. So make sure you are on board for that. Uh, This is Dan Hansa signing off for the Sizzler, the mailman, the boss, and Tay D who did great work today behind the glass until Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.